0: I said, my name is Kurt. This is my wife, Megan. Everybody, wave at Megan. Good morning. Be friendly. Everybody, smile. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, "Smile." It's, it's Mother's Day. It's a good day today. Amen. A- amen. Yeah, you wouldn't be here without her. Uh, wh- what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind of tag team preach. Uh, Megan says, "I'm not good at this because I do all the talking." Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna tag team, and we know that today. Uh, can mean a lot of different things for different people. Uh, today can be a really good day. Um, if you had a good mom, you have a good relationship with your mom, uh, it can be a really good day today of celebrating your mom. Uh, it can also be a hard day. Uh, maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your mom. Uh, maybe you're, you're, you've lost your mom. Uh, maybe she's, she's passed away. Uh, or maybe you're trying to become a mother uh, and you've had trouble uh becoming a mother. And, and so we know today can be a lot of of different emotions as you go throughout your day today. And so we wanted to give you an encouraging and uplifting message today. Uh and it is about moms, but uh it's going to apply to to everybody. Uh this isn't just for 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 the moms. So I, I don't want everybody just to you know all the men in the house and everybody else just tune out cuz oh we're going to preach to the moms. Uh because this is going to apply to everybody and uh, one of the things that we're going to be talking about is comparison and how that we compare ourselves uh, to each other and how that it's almost human nature uh, to compare. And so uh, that's what we're going to dive into today. So... Megan, you want to go ahead?
1: Um, comparison is a two-sided coin. There's the side of I'll never measure up, and I'm never going to be as good as so-and-so. Um, I'm never going to look the way they do. I'm never going to cook the way they do. Whatever it may be, that I'm never going to measure up. And then there's the side of at least I'm not as bad as that person. At least I don't do that. At least I'm not um, that way. And so that's the two sides of comparison. Um, As moms, we can so easily compare ourselves to others. And with social media, it's even more so. You get on Instagram and you see this amazing meal that another mom cooked and you think, Dear Lord, I was lucky to get chicken nuggets in the microwave tonight. And so we can so easily compare ourselves um, just by what other people are sharing, what other people are saying. And we, we judge ourselves based on their best, and we judge our weaknesses. Um, in John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And so I want to talk to you. Comparison is a weapon the enemy uses to take us out. Um, Comparison will do these three things. It will steal your confidence, it kills your unique qualities, and it destroys your relationship with your children. Um, it kills your confidence. When you're comparing yourself to other people, you can't be confident in who you are because you're either never measuring up or um, there's something that's a little bit off. And so when you compare, it kills that confidence. Um, it also, or it steals your confidence. It kills your unique qualities. God has placed giftings in each and every one of you. All of us are different, and all of us have different qualities and different uniqueness that God placed in us. Well, if I'm continually comparing myself to another person, then I'm taking away what God's given me because I want to be like them. Um, and then it can destroy your relationship with your children. If you're constantly um, comparing yourself, then you're inadvertently comparing your children of, well, they didn't win first or they didn't do get the best grades in the class. Well, then you put that pressure on them and to be something that maybe they aren't supposed to be, or you're telling them whatever you're doing, you're doing isn't good enough, and so then they can kind of have resentment, and there can be that struggle um, because you're always in comparison.
0: Uh, if you're on Instagram, I mean, have you seen any more well-dressed kids in the world than today? I mean, you get on there and you're like, I don't dress as good as that three-year-old does on Instagram. And so, you know, a lot of times what we do with social media is – is we see everybody's best moments on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat. Uh, we see their your best, most posed, well-lit, best makeup moment of your life. And then we compare our worst moment of the day with these people's best moments. And so I love what Megan already said, that comparison it, it has those two sides to it, of either, I, man, I'm glad I'm better than them, you know, or we we kind of compare and think, well, I'll never be as good as them. And so... Uh, What we want to do is is I want to read you a story. Uh, Jesus is telling this story, uh, and this is out of Luke 18, verses 9 through 12, and this is in the message version of the Bible. And it says he told uh, his next story to some who were complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and looked down their noses at the common people. So this is who Jesus is speaking to. This is how Luke described the group that he's talking to. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax man. Now, if if you don't know what a Pharisee is, all that was was a religious leader back in the day. They kind of worked in the church. It was called the synagogue. It's way different than churches today. Uh, So one a Pharisee and the other a tax man. Now back then, I mean, today, uh, we know that tax men are still crooks. But back then, they were really crooks back then, not like today. If you're a tax person, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean that. But back then, they really looked down on, I mean, they really considered tax people as crooks. And so it says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax man. The Pharisee posed and prayed like this, oh God, I thank you that... I'm not like the other people, robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid, like this tax man. I fast twice a week and tithe all my income. Now, we're going to stop right there. Now, we're going to finish this story in a minute, but what I want you to see here is I want to show you how this, how this Pharisee goes in to pray, and he immediately prays and says, man, thank God I'm not like all of y'all right? Thank God I'm not like all these, like like all you guys, some of y'all over here. Thank God I'm not like them people, right? And then he points out the guy praying next to him and tells God, especially the guy over, you see that guy on the third row? Yeah, especially not like him. And he, and then he begins to tell God, man, I fast and I tithe and I'm this good Christian person. And he begins to compare himself in this horribly negative way of of pointing out that, you know, I think Man, I, I thank God I'm not like these other people. And what happens is, is what that turns into is pride. And what that quickly turns into in your life is pride. You begin to compare yourself, and it turns into pride. I heard a, a pastor's wife of a big church in Tulsa, uh, uh, the church called Church on the Move, and she was talking about how her husband came in and said, "I want to start a church," and uh, she, her answer was, "Well, I'm not going." And, and they have a, a huge church today. Uh, we go to their conferences, and, and they have literally changed the way we do church in a lot of ways. And she said, I'm not going. And she said, because I thought I couldn't be a good pastor's wife. She said, I knew my husband could be a great pastor, but I couldn't be a great pastor's wife. And God began to quickly show her that that's pride. And she's like, how is this pride? This is, you know, weakness in my life. And he said, you have more faith in your weakness than you do in my strength. And so it turns into pride. So I want to read you a verse out of James 4, 6, uh, and this, this is about pride. It says, he gives grace generously, and Scripture says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, the word oppose there literally uh, in, the, in the original text says to bring arms against. Now, you may have heard that that means to put at arm's length, but that is incorrect. What that means is, is that God is actually going to bring an army between you and him. Because of your pride, because you think I can do it on my own. And that's what comparison leads to. When I begin to look at someone else and then I begin to compare myself to them and the way they live or the way they don't live, then that turns to pride in my life. Either I'm proud of my weaknesses and, oh, I'll never be that good, or I'm just like the Pharisee, I'm, so mu- I'm glad I'm so much better uh, than that other person. And so that's what the two forms of, of pride are, is you boast you're better than others or you boast in your weakness and you put your faith in your weakness?
1: I think too, like we can have false humility and we think I'm being humble because I'm beating myself down. And I know I'm not, I know I'm not all that. I know that I have nothing to be proud of, but we have a false humility. And so instead of beating yourself down, the point of being humble is I can't do it, but God, you can. And through you, I can do what you've called me to do. And so humility isn't, oh, I'm not worth anything, I'm not good enough, I'm not a good mother, I'm not, you know, I'm just not all that I need to be. Humility is, God, I know that I have weaknesses and I know that I fall short, but through you I can be the mother, I can be the wife, I can be the person that you've called me to be because it's through your strength and through your grace. Um, I'm going to finish this story. It's Luke 18 and it says meanwhile the taxman so the Pharisee's over here posing and doing this big elaborate p- prayer that I'm so holy and the taxman slumped in the shadows his face in his hands not daring to look up said god give mercy forgive me a sinner Jesus commented, this tax man, not the other, went home made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. But if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. And one of the, the attacks of the enemy is to get you to look to other people to say, if I was just like them, then I could walk in what God has. If I was just a little bit more bold, if I was just a little bit more outgoing, then I could really do something for God. And it steals what God has placed in you. I love that it says, if you're content to simply be yourself, you will become more than yourself. Because when you're yourself and you're who God created you to be, the light of Christ can shine through you freely because you're not restricted with trying to be somebody that you're not and trying to be someone that you're not. You're fully who God created you to be.
0: Think too how comparison, I mean, at its nature, it pits you against the other person. Uh, And and what it turns into is, is pride. And then what that turns into is I have to be better than you. Uh, I I need a better car, right? My kid's got to be better, smarter, more athletic. You know, if your baby crawled at eight months, my baby's going to crawl at six months, right? Uh, Yours got 10 teeth. Mine's got 12 teeth, right? Uh, And and so quickly it turns into comparison. And and, and then into what that goes into of I'm going to be better, then that turns you into my enemy, right? Then I'm against you because I have to be better than you. My dad always told me growing up, I I always got into different acts. I always loved to draw growing up. Uh, And I was never a very, like, like outstanding artist, you know? I mean, I was okay, but I was never like, wow, that's really good. It was just like, that's fair. And dad always told me, he said, son, in life, there will always be someone who's better than you. There will always be someone who's better than you. And you might think, well, that's kind of harsh, but in reality, it's true. Right, any activity you do, you can find someone who's practiced more, worked harder, uh, even just a little bit, and has a little bit is a little bit better than you. And I love how that verse says, "If you'll just be yourself, then through God, you'll be more than yourself." And so, what happens is we begin to compare, and it turns you into to, to enemies. And then you walk into church, and, and God is supposed to be using us as, as a body, as the Bible says, as one unit working together. But I, but I don't like this person, or I'm trying to be better than this person. And so then we become enemies, and, and we can't work together. We can't do what God's called us to do, and the devil uses that uh, to take that from us.
1: Psalms 136 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And when you start comparing, what you're telling God is, You didn't really create me wonderfully. You created this person wonderfully. And so I want to be like them. And so I don't think that you did quite a good enough job with me. And um, so I want to just tweak a couple of things. And God's Trying to tell you, no, I made you this way. I love you this way. And I don't want you to be like this person. I want you to be you. And so um, just to realize that God made you and created you the way that you are. And to embrace who he created you to be instead of trying to be somebody else.
0: I think one of the most amazing things is is that God has given us gifts. Uh, The band was up here and Greg obviously has the gift to sing. Right? Jason ha- has the gift to sing and play instruments, and, and they're gifted to do that. Uh, Pastor Rusty is gifted to preach. Uh, I, I mean, I told him I told him last night, I said, hey, if you get bored, you can just work up messages for me, and then I can just read over them and then preach them because it's like you're really good at what you do. He's been gifted to do this. And each and every one of you uh, have gifts that you use, and, and just because they're not used in church doesn't mean that they're not God-given gifts. And I I think that when we begin to compare ourselves, just like Megan already said, we say, well, God, that gift isn't very good. I wish I had their gift, right? It's easy to say, man, I wish I was gifted like Jason. I wish I could play the guitar, the drums, the keyboard. You know, I wish I could do all that. That'd be amazing. Then I'd be cool, right? But it's like God has given me different gifts than that. God has given you different gifts than he's given me. And the Bible says that God has brought us all together together. Because then together with all of our gifts, we're able to carry out what God wants us to do. And like I said last week, the only thing that matters at the end is who would we bring to heaven with us? Who did you get saved? Who did you share the gospel with? And that's what God has gifted us to do. In comparison, the devil uses that to start to pit us against each other.
1: Even when you say like, oh, at least I'm not you know at least i wasn't 10 minutes late to church at yeah, least yeah. i at least i was on um, time yeah at least i looked put together not yeah. like you know and least when I, you least... do that you negate their giftings yeah. and you don't allow them to speak into your life god may have them that person in your life for a reason and when you put yourself above them they can't speak into you um and so that's the second side of that coin that we talked about with comparison it's not just that i'm not good enough but that hey maybe i'm i'm feel better than you i'm superior to you well that person may have something from god for you but you won't listen to it because oh at least i'm not yeah at
0: least right i'm not, down there. At least not yeah. as bad as them at least i sat closer to the front row than them. <laughs> i was too scared to sit on the or front I row or i sat
1: in the middle yeah <laughs> right yeah. in the middle right in the
0: middle <laughs> Uh, Genesis one twenty six out of the message. This is absolutely one of my most favorite verses. I have a bunch, but this one's really good. This is the message version. And it, this is talking about God during creation. It says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature. Now think about this for a minute. Okay, number one, the Bible says that God is love. Okay, no, number two, we know that God is perfect in every way. And God said, I, I want to make human beings uh, in our image and make them reflect our nature. Think about how you are a reflection of love. When you look in the mirror and you see yourself, you're looking at a reflection of love. Okay, the next thing is, is you are a reflection of perfection. Because God is perfect. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity is all perfect. You are a reflection of perfection. Now, what what we want you to get out of these last two verses is, you know, I was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. The Bible says that God knit you together in your mother's womb, that he had a plan for you before the foundation of the earth. This dirt ball wasn't even in the sky, and God already had a plan for your life, and he made you a reflection of perfection. And what has the devil done? He's done everything he can to tear you down. Immediately in your mind, when I say you're a reflection of perfection, things begin to roll through your head of, well, if you knew this about me, well, if you understood this, you'd know that this isn't right or this is wrong. You know who that is? The devil's talking to you. Tell him to zip it and get out. I'm serious. I heard a pastor say one time that there is no you. Like, oh, that's just me. There's only two voices. There's God and there's darkness. That's it. You say, "Well, well, that was just me. No, it's either God or it's Darkness. And that's what John ten is all about. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, or God has come to give life. Is it killing and stealing and destroying, or is it giving life? You're a reflection of perfection. God has created you and has a plan for your life. Now, go ahead. There's
1: a book by Lisa Bevere called Without Rival, and it all it talks about is how um, God Loves You Without Rival, and in it she talks about that God has all of these facets and these qualities, and not one person can hold all those and can be all those. So what God did when he created us is he put those in each and every one of us so that when we came together as the body of Christ, we would reflect who God is, and we can't do that. We can't, um, if I back myself off or I've pushed someone else out, that's a facet of God's nature and of God's image that we've pushed out of the body of Christ. And so it's not there. So we're lacking those areas. And I think that's one of the things in the church today that we struggle with is we either pull ourselves out or we push somebody else out and we're missing pieces of who God is because we haven't included those people. And like Kurt said earlier, our whole purpose and our whole point in in being Christians and in loving God is to bring other people in and to include them so we can get a full picture of who God is. Um, God gave you everything you needed to be a parent to the children he placed in your life. Um, Whether you're a step parent, whether you've adopted, whether you're fostering, or whether they're your own children, God gave you everything you needed to parent them and to guide them the way he wants them to be raised and to be um, brought up.
0: One of the things that pastor always says is that uh, human love is bankrupt. Human love is bankrupt. We used to get on the nightly news, and you know there's not a lot of love going around. Uh, There's a lot of terrorism. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of crime. There's a lot of fear. There's not a lot of love because human love is just bankrupt. It's empty. On your own, you can't. And That's why we said earlier that you're a reflection of love. Through Jesus Christ, the power that he gives you, you're able to love your kids. You're able to love your wife or, or your parents or your husband, whatever, whatever the, the situation of the relationship is, you're able to love them through God. And, and comparison steals that away from us. And just like Megan said, it, it takes the ability for us to come together as a unit and work together as the body of Christ. Now I want to read you a statement. It says, the devil wants you to look at others, Jesus only wants you to look at him. So here's what the devil thinks. Great, you're in church. High five. But what I'm going to do is, is is if I'm the devil, I'm going to get you to look at everybody else in the room. I'm going to get you to begin to compare yourself of either how you're better or how you wish you were as good as they are. I'm going to make you you know think that well you know people are watching I me. Mean, do, you, do you ever do you ever go to like a group a, a room of people and someone over in the corner of a group's laughing and you think I wonder if they're laughing at me? I mean I mean and, and maybe you don't. Maybe you're way more solid in your self identity than I am. But you can go to like a room, you know, and it's like, man, I I I wonder who they're laughing at, you know? Jeez, is my zipper down? You know, check that. <laughs> I mean right and we we begin to compare. And the devil wants you to look at others. The devil wants you to compare. He doesn't want us to come into church and love each other because then we'd be feeling what God's called us to do. So I'm going to compare myself to one another. And Jesus says, focus on me. Focus only on me. Look to me. Jesus says, I created you. I was there when you were knit together in your mother's room. I was there when the the plan for your life was laid out. See, it doesn't matter if you say, well, I don't even know what my plan is or you you keep talking about a plan from God and I don't even know what that is or I've wasted so much time and I haven't done that. That doesn't matter. The thing is, is is to look to Jesus. Quit trying to rely on your own, own power. The thing about being a mother is, is that, It's insanely hard, right? We have a year. She's almost a year and a half old, Annie, little girl. And, I mean, the process of the dad and the whole thing is pretty, you don't do a whole lot, right? You just kind of help with the pregnancy process, and then dad's kind of done. I mean, don't you think God would have been better off if the dad breastfed because it's like she just gave birth, and then now she's got to breastfeed the thing? I mean, it's like, (laughs) I mean, how is that even, like, fair? And, and so it can be like, man, you know, you think God would have been like, let's let's level out kind of the workload here uh, between. And so being a mom can be insanely hard. I cannot imagine uh, single mothers. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine how you do it. I can't imagine trying to raise children on your own. It has to be insanely hard. I mean, it's hard with two of us. Uh, you know, my parents, her parents, her sister and husband, my sister and, and her husband, uh, and it takes all of us to try to raise this kid, and it can be insanely hard. And the thing is, is that you can't do it. We can't do it. It doesn't matter how many people help. We can't do it. We can't successfully raise this human being to be a good citizen without Jesus Christ. It's impossible, because human love is bankrupt. And through Jesus, you can raise amazing kids and you can have amazing kids who go on to live amazing lives. But what you have to do is quit looking to others, quit looking to yourself and look to Jesus. The Bible says that you have to put God first and that everything in your life will come after that. It will follow as you put Jesus first in your life. Do you have any other thoughts? No? All right. Amen, man. I hope you're encouraged by this. If, if you think what in the world y'all talk about, just remember the devil wants you to look at others and Jesus wants you to look to him. If you would, just bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to pray. What I want to do is, is just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I, I want to pray over some different groups of people in the room this morning. Uh, I, I want to I pray over our moms and uh, I, w- I want to pray over those of you that ha- have maybe lost your mom or you don't have a good relationship with your mom. And then we're going to pray over those of you that maybe are wanting to become a mother, uh, but but that hasn't happened or you- you've had trouble with that happening. So I'm just going to begin to pray through those three different things. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we want to thank you for moms. We want to thank you for our moms that that they were there for us and influence in our lives, that they're still an influence over us today. That, that Father God, that you would grace the mothers in this room with your mercy, with your love, with your patience, with your kindness, that you would fill us up and equip us uh, and equip the mothers in the room to, to walk in the way that you walk, Jesus, to walk in your love, that you'd give them the strength and the courage to be amazing mothers, Father God. I just pray over those uh, in the room that maybe have lost their moms. Uh, Father God, I pray that you would give them peace. You would bring peace over their families. Father, those in the room that haven't had a good relationship with their mom, that you would bring peace to them. You would bring peace to their hearts, peace to their mind. Father God, I pray that you would continue to work in those relationships. Holy Spirit, that you would begin to work in those families, that you would fill those families up. I pray that darkness is bound off of those relationships and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, Satan, you have no power over us. And we command you to flee off of our relationships and off of our marriages and off of our kids and off of our moms and off of our parents. And Father God, we want to lift up anybody in the room, Father God, uh, that that wants to be a mother that's had trouble. And Father God, we stand on your promise in Deuteronomy that there will be no miscarriages or barrenness in our land because we serve you. And Father God, I pray that you would do the miracle of creating life, the miracle that only you can do, Father God, but that your hand would be upon that and you would move in their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen.